Oh, hello everyone. Welcome to my second episode of Chinese Chippy Girl. My name is Georgie Ma. My Chinese name is Ma Puyu, and I am your host. In this episode, I am absolutely delighted to invite Viv Yao onto the show. I cannot tell you how happy I am that, without any hesitation, I asked her if she would be my first guest, and she said yes. <laughs> Actually, that sounds like a bit of a marriage proposal. But you'll hear later that she was really instrumental to me starting my podcast. Viv also has her own podcast called "But Where Are You From," where she also talks about life as a BBC. A.K.A. British-born Chinese, and what woman she is, as she created the petition on Change.org to stop British media from depicting East and Southeast Asian people in coronavirus articles, as it makes an assumption that Chinese people all carry the virus. And with news articles, pictures can really speak louder than the words. Viv and I also talk about our lives as a BBC, such as our experiences working in our family's Chinese takeaway. But before I plough ahead with my chat with Viv, I just wanted to say a massive thank you to everyone that's tuned into my first episode, and also to everyone who's listening to this episode as well. I'm honestly so grateful and humble that people, whether I know or not, have messaged me really lovely comments. And it's so nice that I've been able to connect with other British Asians who've had similar struggles as me, particularly with the racism, and also some non-Asian people who have messaged me to say thanks for sharing my story, as it never even occurred to them about the racism that's happened on East and Southeast Asians.、Um, oh, and speaking of which.、Um, I stupidly kept on saying South and Southeast Asian in my second episode, but I actually meant East and Southeast Asian.、Um, so please excuse my tongue tie here. Please don't forget to subscribe to my podcast on whatever pod platform you're listening on. And if you're on Instagram, you can also follow me on Chinese Chippy Girl, or you can drop me an email on Chinese Chippy Girl at gmail dot com. I'm also a massive advocate for sharing is caring. So if you know someone who would enjoy my podcast, please share this with them. Anyway, let's take it away with Viv Yao. Thank you so much for coming on the show,、um, yeah, and you've been such a big inspiration for me to start off my podcast. Because I remember I listened to your podcast, and I remember messaging you saying,、oh, "I really want to start my own podcast." You were like, "Just do it, do it, do it." Plenty <laughs> of seats, you know. We need more、yeah. voices. There's plenty of seats and stuff.、Mm. Um, so you're you're a re- really big reason why I'm doing this, and、oh. I'm really happy that you're my first guest as well.、Um, and I think what I'd Really want to know more about is、um, how you started off your own podcast because I know I think you launched it just just at the start of the outbreak and you have、yeah. an episode going out every Friday because I always tune in on Friday night. <laughs> Do you? Oh, I'm tuning,、oh, so、I'm tuning in on Friday nights when I'm you know when I'm、uh, yeah cleaning the bathrooms. Oh, that's a good. That's a good、yeah. way of doing it. I do that when I when I very rarely clean the bathroom. I put on the podcast as well. <laughs>、um, yeah. So I mean, yeah, your your illustration is amazing. I listened to your podcast the other week as well. Oh, so well done on starting it. I think it's really good to see more of this because, like I was saying to you, like on Instagram, like. It's like a couple of people messaged me, being like, "Oh, like you know, I've seen you started one, so I don't need to." And I'm like, "No, 
no, no, no. I don't speak for anyone apart from myself. And like our experiences are going to be so different. We need to have like more of this because it's just it's just counteracting all the bad stuff in the press and all the you know the racism and everything and it's kind of celebrating how diverse we are so none of us are going to have the same experience whilst we all have shared cultural understandings Mm -hmm. it's we're all going to have different stories and different lives and I think that's what that's what we need to represent and show it's just how how like just unique we all are despite the fact that we have you know like similar backgrounds and cultures and everything so I think it's brilliant seeing all these pop up um in terms of how I started it so I had the idea for like a good year I'd say um with my sister and we wrote it down on our notes like so me and my sister Natalie we were like what can we talk about because we know that like there's lots of American Asian podcasts so we've got um American Boss Girl don't know whether you listen to that oh yeah American Boss Girl yeah yeah so we used to listen to that and then I thought it was really interesting but also I was just like I feel like I'm really missing something here when it comes to like British Asian people Mm -hmm. because it's just we're just different aren't we like we're not we don't have that kind of Americanized culture as much and um and then it's been an idea for a while and I think something was holding me back was just like oh I don't know whether it should be me doing it though you know like that kind of like imposter syndrome of why why do why should I do it like someone else will do it and do it better kind of thing but then I think over lockdown I just remember just being in bed one night and I couldn't sleep and work was really quiet at the time because all of our clients have just pressed pause like when do you know when it came when it was at the very very start all of our clients pressed pause in their marketing activity so we had no work on literally no work at that time and then um and then I was just like ruminating, like thinking, what can I do? What can I do to fill my time? And then it was like 11 o'clock at night. And then I remember like um, just Googling how to start your own podcast. And so I was like, right, I need a, I need a mic. That's what I need. Okay, I need to record on something. What do I use to record? Um, so I went downstairs to our karaoke like box thing because we've got a whole like, karaoke set up. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, could this mic work? And I was like looking at the like the lead and stuff. And I was like, oh, I just want to plug into my laptop. It's so annoying. Like I need to buy an adapter. That's going to take some time, blah, blah. And then um, I just went upstairs to my room and I was like, maybe my Apple headphones could just work. And then I just plugged it in. And then I was just like testing it like, hello, hello. And then the first take that I did was like the one that I just popped online. I was just like, making it up as I went along I wrote some notes down on my notepad and just um just just started speaking and then recorded on GarageBand the next step how to edit a podcast next step how to brand a podcast next step how to host a podcast you know all those all those like steps I just had to google because I'd never ever done it before like despite working on like tv campaigns where we work with like production companies sound com- like sound engineering companies and um like very very like good tech companies I've never personally done it myself it's always been working with others Mm -hmm. to do the stuff if you know what I mean um so so then I just figure it out and then yeah so then I really started it because I felt like it was missing and then and then around the same time I saw so many more popping up and I was like oh my god have I just never noticed this before like all these like British Asian podcasts but I think like I think a lot of people were feel, feeling similar to me where they were like, I feel really alone. There's like increase in racism. I really want to find something that I can relate to. And then people just decided because people had time, they all just decided to start their own um, podcasts and, and like Instagram pages and all sorts, which I think 
has been really, really nice to see. Like the best thing that's come out of doing this podcast is just finding my community of people who we can just chat about our shared understanding of stuff. It's it's despite like not having really seen many friends over the past few months, I've made so many online friends. <laughs> online friends. <laughs> no, I think you've totally nailed it because I was the same as well. So basically a few years ago, at my old job, um, I worked in a tech company um, in London, and mm. um, every Friday we do a thing called a show and tell, where one person, one oh, person yeah. gets up and you talk about, you know, mm. whatever you're interested in. Yeah. And this would have been the second or third show and tell that I'd done. So I, I was just like, oh, I'm running out of ideas now. And I don't know, I just <laughs> thought, oh, you know, what could I talk about? And I thought, yeah. I'm just talking, going to talk about my family, like the way how we came to the UK, mm. um, how my mum and dad met, how oh, that's nice. when my um, both sets of grandparents, my yeah, yeah, and my agong, when they came to the UK, and then they came to the UK, obviously they're in Liverpool, but they didn't see their family in Hong Kong for like 10 years. So anyway, oh. I just kind of told about this story Talk, talk to them about you know being brought up in a Chinese chippy being a mm. Chinese girl at school and yeah. and honestly Fib, I didn't really think anything of it but afterwards at the end a few people asked questions because they were just they, they'd never because I could have never spoken about it and because I didn't have like a, a large circle of Asian friends mm. um, I didn't really see I didn't really think it was quite a big deal but they were just like quite interested to learn more about yeah. it so that's a couple of years ago um, and I was oh. pregnant yeah and I was pregnant there then I had a baby but you know it's just kind of you know pops into into your head thinking there's not enough you know Chinese representation for the BBC and like you said there's quite a lot of because uh, I've been listening to Asian boss lady as well so Asian mm. boss lady Asian boss girl um, yeah. so I've been listening to them but and their story I can I can connect with their story, but again, it's the American culture, whereas ours is the British culture. Mm. And I was just thinking, oh, there's just not enough um, Asian voices. And I remember at lockdown, I just Googled, you know, uh, BBC content or, you know, or British Asian and stuff. And you're one of the first that came up in Google and also Spotify. So I listened to oh, yours. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's how I found you. Um, mm. But just to backtrack a little bit, around January time, I I think I've kind of started searching for like podcasts from like British uh, like Chinese British Chinese like BBCs and I came across Respect the Mic. Yes. Um, so they were the first people that they were the first um, that I listened to, but I think they stopped recording during lockdown. Um, and then I think yeah. I was just like wanting to find out more. And then mm. I think just kind of you know finding your podcast. Um, you know, finding a yellow bee pod as well with Natalie. Mm. Nice to meet you. Um, mm. And I just felt, and then obviously kind of created my own um, Instagram page as well. And like yeah. you said, there's, I actually found a lot more BBC out there as well um, mm. that people who can, you know, be brought up in a takeaway or had come across with, you know, Chinese racism. And then the yeah. whole Black Lives Matter movement came on and it just kind of encouraged me just to speak out more as well. Um, yeah. I'm, yeah. Like you said, I'm really glad that I've started up this podcast because I feel, and also my Instagram page, because I feel I met a whole load of virtual people, like online yeah. community, like yourselves and stuff. So yeah, yeah it's, it's so crazy. crazy. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's, it feels quite, your your journey feels quite similar to mine in that way. You know, it feels like every, there's, there's people like us really searching for something and feeling the lack of it. And then, and then just seeing that surge of, of um, like, 
representation across like Instagram and podcast stuff is, yeah. is really cool. And I think definitely Black Lives Matter really shaped how like how I became vocal in not just talking about racism towards like black communities, but also towards East and Southeast Asian people as well, which I think is like something that I'd always kind of considered and thought about, but hadn't really vocalized. I think a lot of us really would take it offline, but not necessarily like be vocal about it on social media as much, um, which I think is a, is a good thing. I think there's more mar- marginalized communities now actually talking about um, mm-hmm. oppression and how it affects their communities. And like, we have like Black Lives Matter to thank for that to, as a, as a, as a catalyst really for social change I think yeah definitely yeah so BLM has really encouraged us the other thing that's really encouraged us is the petition that you've done Viv because you've had so many signatures Mm. and you've had so many voices from all different races not just south and southeast Asian people uh you know just lots of white people black people as well you've had so many um influences as well he's really you know he's really foisted and I think that's a really big it's a really big milestone um can you talk me through the process of how you kind of started that I know you kind of started it with you know you kind of you've grouped up with um some other uh, females as well but Mm. you just you know just for listeners just start off how you kind of did that yeah of course I mean like going back to what you were saying about the fact that like really hadn't vocalized how you felt about you know, racism. I think I, I can't blame any of us for not doing that because we weren't taught how to educate ourselves when it comes to anti-racism. Like we were taught to very much be assimilated to white culture. And so I think a lot of the times, like whilst we've experienced racism probably our whole lives, we've repressed so much and normalized so much of it. And so we, that's, so I don't blame us for not saying anything, you know, like I was exactly the same as you in that sense where I just took it for what it was, you know, it's never going to change. It's that's the way it's always been. And it's also, I think like we've never experienced such severity on a mass scale in terms of um, Asian, like East and Southeast Asian racism. We have never seen and heard so many stories at the same time globally. (laughs) And so definitely, I think like in terms of us speaking out about it now, it's because it's really impacting our communities across the world to the point where like it just can't be ignored anymore you know we have we might experience like one one off comments walking down the street and like someone saying something to us or you know we had it in school our whole lives but it was kind of like a given and you you almost kind of repress those memories because you just kind of get on with it like only since talking about it with my sisters because me and my sisters like really since like me starting the podcast and doing some episodes with them we never talked about our shared experiences of racism I never talked about it with my white friends. Like you mentioned about how you um, were doing the show and tell at school, uh, sorry, at, at work. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and your colleagues were like, oh, I never knew this about you. And because we just don't, very rarely talked about, mm-hmm. talked about our cultures in that perspective. Like I was the same, like I worked in white dominated companies and very much almost like saw myself as white half the time. You know, I forgot half the time that I, I was Chinese. I kind of left that culture by the door. When I walked into the office, it didn't really like consciously factor into anything that I did at work unless like they needed some translations and I was like oh I can't really do this because I don't know any Chinese um and so yeah so I really can't blame any of us for not saying anything and and not feeling like we could do something about it up until this point um and so 
with the petition, it very much was the case of like, I saw someone, um, I saw an article from The Guardian and it was actually an Australian article. It was depicting five East and Southeast Asian people outside Flinders Station in Australia and they were all wearing face masks, mm. all all Asian. And then I, um, I was just like, this isn't right. And before that, I'd been, I saw some other articles like the BBC had done an article that was similar showing two East Asian people, saw it again pop up elsewhere. And I was just like, wait a second, this isn't just a coincidence, like something is forming here, there's a pattern forming here and it I, it's not really helping our cause, you know, it's it's damaging and, and contributing towards um, racial hate crime and hate incidences towards our community and it can't be ignored and why do they keep doing it? You know, it doesn't make any sense. Like the, one of the articles that I saw was about the Leicester lockdown and then uh, when you look at the stats, it's very, very plainly evident that like this this image has been used to perpetuate that idea that we are all responsible for coronavirus somehow like there's 1.29 percent of east and southeast asian people in leicester and yet they choose to show an image of an east asian woman to represent the entire city of leicester a very multicultural city and so it just didn't make any sense it was disproportionate reporting it was um, it was biased reporting and it was just unfair representation and so um that that particular article with the guardian i complained to them like i did with the bbc we got the image changed that was great but then with the guardian we um so i complained to them and then got this response back from directly back from the assistant readers editor david whitfield and I just firstly couldn't believe that he responded so quickly. It was within a few hours. And then secondly, his response, um, and I'll, I'll sum up with for you kind of what he said, but and you can see more about it on my Instagram. I put the full thread on there. Um, but essentially he just gaslighted us and said, this image isn't discriminatory. If we had been um, showing pictures of East and Southeast Asians um, again and again, then you might have a case, but here's some articles where we're not showing you, show, we're not showing any East and Southeast Asian people um, and um, basically just denying our experience and then proceeded to say like, you know, the, I've spoken to the Australian office too and they agree with me as if that somehow makes it better. Like, come on, like we know that probably most people that work in the Australian office are going to be white as well who won't understand what we, what we mean. And that, and that he also said that it's, um, if anything, it's displaying good behavior. You know, we're good little Asians who are kind of like, um, just abiding by the rules and being good citizens. And then we were just like, no, that's not okay, hon. Like that's not a good enough response. And it was just very alarming how someone of that stature of that position wouldn't even listen I was so adamant and so biased in his own views and so defensive as well and patronizing and just couldn't wouldn't even take anything that what we said on board in terms of how it's affecting our overall community because it's not just that one article it's all of them together it's 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 contributing to a bigger bigger issue at hand um and that was that was explained to him didn't listen and so I went to Instagram to basically rant, um, and and then I saw some. I think it was someone. I think it was someone from a British Asian story who reposted um, Mayan Peterson's 
story on Instagram and she and I watched her stories and she literally said exactly the same things that I did and like she seemed really distressed by her she seemed really she seemed really upset and so I just sent her a voice and I was like hey this happened to me as well on the same day I'm really sorry and then and then I was speaking to like a few other people like Char- Charlotte Wong, Charlie Wong, Carly Wu, um, Amy Fan as well. And we were all just kind of like talking about it separately on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Amy suggested, because all of us had complained separately. And then Amy suggested, why don't we start some some kind of um, like a WhatsApp group or something? Um, and then within, within that time, sorry, I completely forgot about the, the petition itself. Within that time, like before I'm like spoken to them, I started this petition. So I was like, do you know what? Enough is enough. Like I need to do something about this because I can't just moan about it and complain by myself. I need to get some form of like voice together to to just say this is wrong. And so I just went on change.org, started the petition. And then I remember like, this is only like less than a month ago, I think, or just just about a month ago, just sending that link to my family and friends and WhatsApp being like, can you sign this petition? I need I need five signatures for it to be like registered on change.org's website. And then, um, yeah, so then I did that. And then we started this WhatsApp group and then we were just like trying to all together just like console each other for one. And then also like just figure out the beast that is the media and the government and how you know politics and the media are so interlinked with each other and that figuring out like where the images came from like they were like from stock websites from photographers who chose those imagery like who who's actually making those decisions who's signing them off um why are they signing them off what what where's like the pitfalls in this kind of process and just really trying to put the jigsaw pieces together such a massive beast of a job honestly like it's it's still ongoing and then and then um it just gained a bit of traction I think because everyone was just outraged you know absolutely outraged and then Daniel York Lowe who is an amazing activist um musician writer actor like he's like everything under the sun he's incredible really really vocal about these types of issues he had um met Sarah Owen who is a British East Asian MP and she um he showed her the petition and at this stage it gained under 3000 just under 3000 signatures which was mind blowing at that stage because we were just like i can't believe he's even got to 3000 signatures that's amazing and so she took it straight to parliament so she went she took the time that she had um during the the q and a the, the q and a at um parliament and then basically just raised the petition said my name in parliament and I was like oh my god like all these white people have just heard my name that's crazy um and said said like what are the government going to do to tackle hate crime because the media are perpetuating this so what are you going to do about it kind of thing she obviously said it way more eloquent than that but <laughs> summing it up for you um and then that kind of propelled the petition a bit more and which was incredible because firstly, like I didn't put it on the change. I didn't, I put it on change.org website, but to get a petition through parliament, you need to firstly do it on the parliament's website. Uh, Secondly, you need to have at least 10,000 signatures for it to be even seen by an MP. And then thirdly, for it to be raised in parliament, you have to have over a hundred thousand signatures. So for us to get to that stage, 
was very much down to the fact that Sarah Owen understands what it's like to be an British East Asian person. She gets it. You don't have to put together the data. You don't have to put a case forward or pitch to someone why this is a cause that we need to back because she just understands it, which is why representation is so important because without her, like just understanding our lived experiences, we would never have got to that stage so quickly, I don't think. I really don't think we would have done um, and so now we're securing a meeting with the minister, Victoria Atkins, the minister for safeguarding in September when everyone goes back to parliament. And we just we're waiting for that date to be secured and we're holding her accountable for a meeting because it needs to happen. Um, and so now we've just reached over 10,000 signatures, which is amazing. Actually, we reached 11,000 yesterday. Oh, wow. So okay. it's just continuing to grow. And then we've got really kind of exciting plans coming up in terms of okay what do we do next then what's our next steps from this um so so yeah that's the the journey of the petition and like throughout that there's been a lot of kind of mental strain and a lot of time and energy it's almost like you know we're all volunteers none of us are obviously getting a penny for this it's something that we all just really really want to back ourselves um and it's incredible what people can do you know six of us who largely don't have experience in terms of how to campaign and be activists and we kind of just figure it out as we we go along but but also doing it together which is the most important thing because I think I definitely would have given up like I would have lost steam way 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 back like after the first week or so because I, I just felt so much strain like mentally and then like the parliament thing happened I was like oh my god I'm going to have to go to, I'm going to have to go to Parliament by myself and it was like just like <laughs> so scary um I heard that um uh, when I watched that clip so Sarah Owen I think she kind of you know addressed the petition and mm. then um sorry I, I did write down her name uh what's in uh oh my god this is embarrassing what's her name Victoria Atkins yeah Victoria Atkins yeah. she called you the honourable woman yeah yeah the honourable lady honourable lady honourable lady <laughs> so when we chatting about this because we were like wait is she talking to Sarah, about Sarah Owen or is she talking about me? I, like We couldn't figure it out because I wasn't sure whether she was like, am I the honourable lady here? Or is, is she talking about Sarah? I wasn't quite sure. But do you know what? I'll take that. If she's going to call me the like, honourable lady, I'm 100% like, going to put that on my Instagram profile. and Yeah. <laughs> and I remember, I, I think on one of your podcasts, and honestly, but it made me laugh so much. So your your Instagram used to be um, Fib the Dip, but then you cha- yeah. you change it to it's Fib Yow. But I think <laughs> <Yeah>. she actually <laughs> she actually um, spoke. She actually named your Instagram name as well. It's Fib Yow. No, for, uh, your, your, your Instagram name. But imagine if it was still Fib the Dip, and she would have still said that. I know. I know. I was thinking <laughs> about that the other day, and just how like mortifying that would be if like it was plastered over whatever like it's with the div I'm so glad it was almost like it was meant to be like changing my username like it just would have been so embarrassing because yeah I've had situations where I've done like talks and stuff and people like so where can people find you on Instagram and then I like I just go, oh, um, it's fifth div, and then it just sounds so stupid. <laughs> and and also, it was mainly because someone someone actually raised with me that um, that term div could potentially be offensive, and I never thought about it before. So I was quite, um, I was quite like um, alarmed by the fact that I'd never considered how it could potentially be an offensive term because it's um, offensive to people with learning difficulties. And then I was just like, 
oh, you know what? Like that's something needs to be done about that. I don't think it's really fair for me to have this username. It's not fair on me because like, I don't think it was reflective of who I am. Like I very much just played up to that side of me. You know, I still have that side of me. I'm very silly. I do say stupid stuff sometimes. Like I, I like to make fun of myself and I don't mind doing that, but also there's way more to me than just that alone. You know, I, I also have a brain that sometimes works too. <laughs> well, you definitely, there's definitely like so much more to you because obviously I think you have really inspired a lot of people, uh, particularly the um, South and Southeast Asian people, um, you know, with your podcast and particularly with this petition as well. So I think, you know, we've all oh, got, you. you know, so much to thank you for as well. No, um, well, we all inspire each other, don't we? Because like without the petition and without the 10,000 people behind this petition, like we what what's one person starting a petition is nothing without its community you know like without people like you sharing it on instagram and like sharing it to your network it has that kind of ripple effect Mm. where more and more it's going to different people and like more people are it's raising awareness to something that people have been completely oblivious to before so it's all of us together doing the work you know like we all play a part whether we're vocal about it whether we listen and read more than we do posting you know we are all playing a part in all of this Mm. and I think it's just a prime example that we can't just sit back and stay silent and just like be angry about it we have to do something (laughs) about it we have to really voice Mm. our campaigns um sorry voice our concerns and the other thing as well which I thought was really interesting so I think so Sarah Owen so she's is she mixed? So is she yeah. part of uh, Southeast? She's so, mixed, yeah. So she's mixed. So I think that just proves that every organisation needs to have some sort of diversity, a lot more diversity. Mm. So it's not just, you know, white people. You yeah. know, you need to have a mixture. Um, just because if Sarah, if she wasn't, for example, just playing devil's advocate, if she wasn't mixed race, then we just have to ask, you know, would that, would your petition still be sent to parliament? Mm, it probably wouldn't. No. So it just shows that we need to no. have more voices and a lot more diversity and stuff. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just also with um, the, the, the BBC scandal recently with the reporter saying the N-word, it just yeah. goes to show just how institutionally racist our systems are. Like, And the fact that like they didn't listen to the 19,000 complaints for <clears throat> of people who said this is and not just kind of the uh, black communities but people who were just outraged that this could still be aired and it was a considered choice like they they I got I I wrote a complaint and I got a response back from them saying like oh this was this was also discussed with senior editorial figures as if that's meant to reassure us in some way when like I can probably assume that their senior editorial figures are going to be permanently white and not understand the gravitas of that word and what it means, you know, like it's just, and then when you look into the the stats and the fact that like none of the top UK editors are actually black or people of colour, like makes total, total Mm. sense why they just don't get it and they don't want to get it either. And they think that they, can live in ignorant bliss and it takes for someone to leave the company and to really make some noise about it to make a really a, a big social stance to say like I am leaving this organization which has provided me an income and job um it was um Sideman Ali uh, the Radio 1 extra presenter who just did an amazing and really brave thing to just up and leave his job during yeah. this time like 
like it so brave of him and and then they issued an apology because they were really backed into a corner but it's too little too late you know like they justified it for like 10 days and then and then they decided to say sorry because they had no choice really it's not good enough none of it's good enough there is one thing which I want to say though I noticed that Katie Learn she's been supporting yeah. your petition and I think that's massive yeah. because I've got massive girl crush on her <laughs> That's, that's so funny yeah I know I couldn't believe it when uh, like she's been supporting it she signed it like really early on um she like on Twitter she's been sharing it it's just yeah she's been doing like we want to kind of get her to do more you know and, and share more about it and 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 also Benedict Wong as well do you know the yeah. actor yeah, yeah, yeah Marvel yeah. like because yeah. I'm a big Marvel fan he's from and Manchester so, I know it's mental. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I was just like, because I, I didn't even know that until he was on a live once and I was watching it and I was like, you're from, you sound northern. You're from Salford. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. So he's been, um, we, we actually, he followed me back on Instagram and he now, watch, I see him watching my stories. Oh, does he? Yeah. <gasps> and then we messaged each other. He's like, I said, like, thank you so much for sharing. He was like, I'm like I'm standing with you kind of thing and I was just like oh, oh wow leave it he's messaging me back yeah that was a big moment oh big so much good things has come out of your um out of, you know your petition and stuff I wonder if um, yeah and it's been really good there is one thing that I should want to talk to you about so obviously um you know my my Instagram name and yeah. podcast called Chinese Chippy Girl. And one thing we do have yeah, in common is that you're yeah. also a Chinese Chippy Girl too. <laughs> yeah. So was yours, yours a chippy as in like, so you sell fish and chips as well and stuff? Yeah, we did fish and chips ah, and we did yeah. a Chinese takeaway. Um, so our Chinese takeaways was called John Supper Bar, which I know it doesn't even oh, sound it? Chinese. Yeah. And Who's John? We, my dad. Oh, yeah, John so Supper Bar. But the one thing I have to argue with, with you and your sisters, because in your last... Uh, podcast mm. uh, in your last podcast you talked about you know that your dad's curry sauce was the best I have to say <laughs> I have to say I have to disagree <laughs> I think my dad's curry sauce was the best as well and then when you said oh, that so um, that I think I think you or one of your sisters said that they put the orange rinds in it I thought yeah my dad took my dad <laughs> too and he put you know all the um, apple rinds in as well the apple peels oh, yeah 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 every single recipe is so different I'd love to try it though because like they are they do differ don't they every single takeaway yeah. has a different recipe yeah. slightly um but yeah, no, our dad, our dad was the best though. To be fair. Did you, <laughs> um, did you, did you live above your shop as well? No, we didn't actually. There was a time when we were moving house when we lived there like temporarily, but we never actually lived above it um, for like lengthy periods of time. What about you? Yeah, so we lived above a shop, um, mm. which was oh, it was just awful because mm. I think because where where we lived, it's quite quiet. Um, yeah so oh yeah so quiet in English means rough or yeah, yeah it's rough like, rude sort yeah. of thing it, yeah. it was a really bad estate so and obviously our, our school um Fally Broom High School uh, in Macclesfield was just down the road so all the all the rude kids from school they always went to a chippy as well so there's just like no getting mm. away from them and then the so yeah it was really rough area just kind of in a yeah, it was just a really rough area. Yeah. And we, um, 
we so we lived above it but the shop the shop was quite big but the the house itself above it was quite small just the way how it's laid out so it was a two-bedroom house but growing up like one of three so me my brother and my sister we all shared we all had to put two twin beds together and we all had to share oh, a room and, yeah and because so we shared so the three of us lived and it's shared, um, you know, a room until my sister moved out when she was 18 years old. Mm. And it's just me and my brother. But by the time my sister moved out, it meant that the twin bed that we shared, we can just split them apart for the first yeah. time. So it wasn't yeah. until I was about 11 where I had like my own bed and my brother yeah. had the other bed. And um, yeah, we just shared a room until until I went to uni until I was 18. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I shared a room with my twin <coughs> up until we were like 17 um but then it was so funny I like I feel quite like um privileged we were in a very privileged position where we shared it out of choice like we we had our own bedrooms since we were since a young age but then we decided (laughs) to just like have our beds in the same room I don't know why I think it's because we're just used to it being twins and stuff and then even when my mum and dad when like our first house was quite small it was like a three-bedroom house um so we all still, so me and my sister shared a room. Mum and dad obviously slept in the same bedroom and then my sister had a room. Then we moved to another house where it was a four bedroom house. So we all had our own rooms, but yet we, we all, we wanted a bunk bed. And so we all stayed in one room, like me and my sisters, like we all, like all the oh, two all rooms were just you. empty. Yeah. We just like, sister would sleep on the top bunk. We would sleep on the bottom bunk and we'd have our own rooms, but we just wouldn't sleep in them. Which is just like, how stupid is that? Like, think like, why would we do that? But we just liked being in each other's companies. I think, but I think like eventually we did start sleeping in our own rooms. But then moved house again, and then in this bedroom that I'm in now, which is my room, this was mine and Steph's room. So we had like our single beds, like on either side of the room, and then, but then, we I still had my own room next door. You know, like it's it's so odd how like we just always shared shared a room. <laughs> oh, I think that's really cute. And, I, and you know what? When I listen to, I have to admit, out of all the podcasts that you've done, my favourite ones are the ones with you and your sisters. Oh, um, so yeah, the first, the first one that you did, too. I think, I think it's because you can really, you can really sense the kind of close kind of chemistry mm. that you and your sisters have, you and your twins, and you know what? You all sound the same really do you, you all sound the same apart from what yeah. i think the eldest one uh yeah. is it steph natalie, natalie. so yeah yes, i think she sounds i think when yeah. the three of you speak i think when mm. natalie speaks um, yeah i can tell okay that's that's your eldest one <laughs> when <laughs> yeah. you and your twins speak i'm like oh my god which is which like, who's seriously yeah, that's, yeah, so yeah. that's so funny and then um um i think when you started off the your the most recent podcast with your sisters it's really funny mm. when you said oh yes yeah, some of my listeners always get really mixed up so maybe she's saying oh yeah so what do you think Steph or what do you think Liz? I'm like oh my god totally because I can never like keep up with you too that's hilarious I didn't think um yeah I don't think we we, st- we actually kept through with that I think we just forgot to do that uh, but yeah it is like I, I think I enjoy listening back to those as well because we hadn't we'd never really sat down in a formalized setting to talk about a specific subject yeah. and like um yeah it's nice having them on to bounce off because we feel so comfortable with each other yeah. like we know what we can and can't say and we can make jokes with each other and like initially when we first when I first had this idea or when me and my sister first had this idea we wanted to do it together but 
just knowing what they're like and what we're all like, we just never would have stuck to a schedule. Mm-hmm. So I just thought, yeah, I'm going to do it myself. <laughs> you guys are just so non-committal. They're both really busy. Like, my, like Steph is a teacher. My sister is doing a doctorate in psychology and she's under a lot of stress with like, assignments and stuff like that. So whereas like, I don't know, I just I, like I can just bit more flexible yeah Yeah, a bit more flexible that's the word (laughs) (laughs) no it's really good um and did you did you guys all used to go to uh, like typical Chinese family own and take Mm. did you guys used to hang out in like the Chinese supermarkets on a Sunday and go yamtown afterwards oh yeah yeah every Sunday yeah Yeah. every Sunday so you would go to dim sum first and then go oh god I hated Chinese school I didn't really last very long I think it was like a year or so that we there for no did you go to the sheena simon is it the sheena simon chinese school i can't remember the name just just off canal street yeah the college yeah 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 yeah, that's what i went to oh no way so oh my gosh you say i lasted like would have no i think i went i went for a year and then um and then they went away then it went back a year because my parents were like no you've got to go you've got to go and then i just couldn't bother because at the time you know you you're at school anyway, and yeah. then you're working in the chippy like every evening, weekends. Like, why would I want to go to Chinese school on a Sunday? You just, I just wanted to. Did like, you have you know... to work then during that time, like at the chippy too? Yeah, I've been kids. Working, yeah, yeah, I've been working there since I was ten. How old were you when not, you were? Not, not ten. I was like probably about fourteen, like oh, working so on and off. Yeah, I know. So lucky, and then, and then re- I stopped when I. I like was 20 when I started working like mm-hmm. as in like had a full-time English job um <laughs> yeah so then I but then I sometimes get called back in you know every so often uh like my cousins would ask me and stuff but then I think they still got the hint and I was like do you know what no I need my weekends now you need to find some stuff <laughs> um but yeah so did you remember the snack table at the like, do you remember at the Chinese school, the snack table? Oh, like you go kiosk downstairs at the like, very end. They just used to put like loads of tables out and put like loads of like those, like, you know, those alien suites and like space raiders and like random yeah. snacks. Like, people would like the queue was horrible. Do you remember like people used to push? Yeah. Like, the oh, tuck it was shop. Horrible. Like, yeah, the tuck yeah. shop was so, horrible experience. Me and my sister, like, we were so young and like quiet back then. Like, we were just like getting pushed around and stuff. And we'd take turns going into that queue. It was so horrible. Hating yeah. it. Yeah, I forgot about all that. I mean, one of the one of the regrets I have is that I didn't follow it through. But I was just so young back then. But yeah. I would love to be. I would love to just pick up a Chinese newspaper or pick up a a, a Chinese menu and be able to yeah. order off this menu. But I need I need pictures yeah. <laughs> and looking at and looking at a yeah, no, dim sum menu or it needs to be yeah. translated into English or something. So. Yeah, my big sister knows how to read and write it. Predominantly, she, she's she? Stuck at, yeah, she's stuck at Chinese school. She's just so clever, but she, um, yeah, she knows how to read quite a lot. And then, um, but me and my sister were just awful at it. Um, but then it's quite interesting because I've met quite a few of the Chinese people recently. Like I met uh, so Rachel, who, um, when, like we started talking on Instagram. She, um, she knows how to read and write it, and in both like traditional Chinese and simplified Chinese and she knows Mandarin and Cantonese as well so she's really really good so she's been doing a lot of translations for um this campaign and the virus of racism where they're they're trying to establish the first not-for-profit organization to tackle hate crime towards Mm -hmm. east and southeast asian people so we're involved in that as well 
as a group and um she's been doing like translations for it which is so amazing like i'm just so impressed by people who can actually write in china like in chinese who aren't you know from hong kong or were brought up in hong kong it's quite cool yeah so I kind of funded them, but I didn't really get the chance to kind of read more about yeah. them because they're trying to raise £150,000, aren't they? Yeah, so it's a lot of money. It's a very yeah. ambitious target. But what they're trying to do is really for this, um, establish this first not-for-profit so that they can hire someone who can really be full-time in terms of campaigning for this, um, creating kind of um, an online reporting system. So that requires like people to develop that tool for like um, East and Southeast Asian uh related crime like racial hate crimes and then also um work um create multilingual and accessible resources and education and learning resources for people too um because there's just a lack of that it's a lack of education um so and they, they also want to create like national events to campaign against this so there's a lot that they want to do um so yeah, we're we're kind of involved in trying to help them get the word out there as much as they can. Yeah, as well. Mm. Well, good luck with that anyway. And um, yeah, and I've I've been really kind of following them, and I've the yeah the tr- the translation has been really good because I have been screenshotting those and sent it to mm. my uncles and aunties as well. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. things, and it's they're the people who I find that quite difficult to to kind of convert because they're so yeah. Quite, well, with my family, anyway, they're quite narrow-minded when it comes to yeah. racism. I think with my mum, she still feels like we we should still be quite silent. I'm like, and I have this really awkward conversation with mum saying, we can't be silent about this. I think we should, you know, really voice our, mm. really voice our concerns because I'm telling my mum the struggles that I had when I was at school where I wasn't, I wasn't encouraged to speak out. Um, yeah. And this is why I'm doing it now. So, but, did, did you speak to your mum in Chinese or English or a bit of both? A bit of both. Mm. I'm trying to speak to her more in in, uh, in Cantonese, but my Cantonese is so bad. She's sometimes, sometimes, like sometimes she'll be just she'll just say, "Just talk English, la. Just talk English, la." I'm like, "Oh, okay then." So. Does your Does your daughter know any Chinese? Do you speak to her in Chinese? So I speak to her in Chinese. Um, yeah. So she understands it, but yeah. I think there's, there's going to come a time where her Chinese might not be as great at least with mine um I can understand it I can speak it uh, but I just can't read or write it or anything. yeah um, yeah so yeah. yeah one thing that I want to do is that I want to play a tiny game with you okay so yeah, I'm gonna say that. I'm gonna say two words or two phrases in Chinese no, not in Chinese. Oh, oh sorry. Oh, what a letdown. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Sorry, so, I thought you were going to test my Chinese then. Or no, 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 no. God, no. Um, so I'm going to say two words or two phrases, and you have to let me know what you what you lean more towards. Okay. Okay. So the first one is rice or noodles. Noodles. Cantonese or Mandarin. Cantonese. I can't speak Mandarin at all. But I can um, say five phrases. No, I can't speak Mandarin either. Um, Hong Kong or China? Hong Kong. My family from Hong Kong. But then equally, I do love China as well. Yeah. Um, Hong Kong or UK? UK. I don't. I, I I'm British. I identify with being from the UK. Um, Chinese school or British school? British school. <laughs> Wing Yip or Sainsbury's? <laughs> <laughs> Not Sainsbury's. Sainsbury's so expensive. If it was Wing Yip or Aldi, I'd have I'd, I'd struggle, I think. But Wing Yip in that in that, Wing Yip from those two. 
Um, the Western Zodiac or the Chinese Zodiac? Uh, Western Zodiac. I don't know that much about my Chinese Zodiac, to be honest. Oh, do you know? I think I'd be more Chinese oh. Zodiac. Oh. Um, bubble tea or boba tea? Bubble tea. Is bubble boba tea. So, boba's so American. Is it? You know what? It's only recently I found out that boba tea is also bubble tea. And it just yeah. honestly, I felt really like, <laughs> I didn't yeah, like when did they bubble tea all the it? way. Yeah. Uh, and Uncle Roger or Nigel Ung? <laughs> Nigel Ong only because I've spoken to him as Nigel Ong like yeah yeah but Uncle Roger's amazing too <laughs> yeah he's really taken off I'm, I'm so I'm so happy for Nigel Ong slash Uncle yeah. Roger with the egg fried yeah. rice video it's gone completely viral but anyway um Faber just want to say thank you so much for coming onto the show and talking about yeah, your yeah. experiences uh you've been and I know I've said it before, but you've been such an inspiration. I'm not just saying it because we're speaking Aww. now, but you've been such an inspiration to me. So thank oh, you very thank much you. for really That's voicing so nice. our voices, being a South East and a South Asian voice for us and leading away with the petition. And I wish you masses of luck uh, with the petition oh, as well thank you. when you go down thank to you. Parliament. Um, but before we close off, like, how can we find you and where can we sign the petition? Yeah, so if you can, um, with the petition, if you go to change.org, the link is we are not a virus. Okay. So it's change.org, we are not, we are not a virus. Yeah. I'm just checking that is the link. Yes, it is. And then my Instagram is it's Viv Yao, and that's the same across Twitter as well. Brilliant, perfect. And also, I've been telling my friends um, just to, when sign a petition, just to Google change.org Asian image. Oh, right, the first that thing come that up? comes up it's the first thing that comes up in google yeah oh brilliant brilliant yeah, okay so i'm gonna start using that i didn't know that so yeah. that's really good yeah thank you so, but thank you so much and uh listen i hope you have a lovely day out in macclesfield with your family thank and, you uh, yeah right i'm gonna stop thank recording you. now Ah, and that's Viviao at her finest. And I hope you can all agree on what a legend she is and a huge inspiration for the East and Southeast Asian community. If you like this pod, please subscribe on your pod platform so you will be the first to know when I've released more podcasts. And you can also follow me on Chinese Chippy Girl on Insta. I'm passionate about sharing our voices as a BBC and educating non-East Asians about our background. If you have any topics that you would like me to cover, please let me know as I would love to hear from you. Or if you just want to say hi, then I would love to say hi back to you. Anyway, this has been such an enjoyable podcast for me with Viv as my first guest. Viv, if you're listening, you are an absolute babe and thank you so much for coming on my show. To everyone else, thank you so much for listening. Stay safe, keep your distance, drink bubble tea and wear a mask. See you soon, lads.